Welcome to our next episode of Launch Pros, and we're joined today with Tyler and Kyle from Motion Tactic. Um, it's a digital marketing company. Yes. It's set here in Tempe, downtown Tempe, and so welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us on today. We're excited to be here. Okay, so we have Tyler and Kyle. So Tyler, if you would go first and tell us a little bit about what your background is and how you got into this business. Cool. Um, so a few years ago, I was lacking direction and unsure what I was going to do. I was uh, going to community college, and um, I decided I, I wanted to take a little time off by myself, and I started learning how to code and program in my spare time. Um, best decision I've ever made. Um, little shout-out recommendation to a sponsor that neither of us are sponsored by, but uh, lynda.com has has been a huge defining resource for my career. Um, I've spent hundreds of hours taking their courses and learning how to code, do web design, web development, front-end, back-end development. Um, and then from there, I, I just worked my way up in an agency, and um, I've always been entrepreneurial. So at some point, I felt that itch, like I was comfortable in my role as a developer, and I was ready to uh, learn how to do business. And um, that's kind of what led us to the later conversations we can discuss about how Motion Tactic formed. Okay, sounds good. That's awesome. So my name is Kyle, and I am an Arizona native from Gilbert. Um, there actually aren't a lot of like Arizona natives anymore, so the big that's kind of cool. The big melting pot. Yeah. Um, so grew up here, went to Perry High School in, in uh, Gilbert as well. Went to Biola University in Southern California. Um, there I got um, kind of a lot of experience studying marketing from a theoretical standpoint what marketing is and how to convince people to do stuff through marketing. So, but what I kind of found out through that experience is that that does not necessarily make you a good marketer. Studying marketing does not necessarily make you a good marketer. So, um, what I really learned from marketing was that it was a field that I really wanted to pursue. I really liked learning more about it, but I needed to know how to actually persuade people to buy through marketing, right? Or to help a brand grow by marketing. And so, honestly, I mean, kind of like Tyler's experience through Linda, I really learned digital marketing through Facebook and through Instagram and through resources that they put out themselves. So content like eBooks, white papers, and learning from what other companies were doing and how they were leveraging digital marketing channels and just studying that and then practicing it um, is really kind of how I learned digital marketing um, and I love it. So I worked for um, a, a prior company, it was a commercial printing company here in the Valley running all their digital marketing and their lead gen. And then um, Tyler and I have been friends for, since actually since high school, we went to neighboring high schools and, and we met in high school. Um, we spent some time going to church together. Um, and then our, uh, we reconnected after I came back from California after college and started hanging out again. So a couple things came up as you guys were talking that I wanted to kind of go back to is mm -hmm. lynda.com is with a Y, right? Yes, L-Y-N-D-A. I've seen that. And so I wanted to make sure our um, listeners knew to not try the Linda with an I because yeah. they weren't going to find anything. A lot of Wrong local, Linda. Yeah, a lot of local libraries also offer a free membership if you go through them instead of paying the $30 a month. Oh, super. That's yeah. great to know. So people who are interested in, in learning some of those skills, mm -hmm. you know, even just like some lower level skills that there's things available. Software, design, business, accounting, a lot of different fields. Almost everything. Very, very helpful. Very neat. Um, and then you mentioned, you said called Legion? Legion. Oh, lead, lead gen, yeah. Yes. So gen, uh, what, does that, what does that stand for? Lead gen. So uh, it's lead generation. So helping companies generate leads for okay. their business. 
through social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and so it's kind of a, a really big hot topic right now is, is leveraging social media channels to help companies actually get more business. And so I have a lot of experience doing that for um, kind of a wide range of, t of types of different clients. So uh, spanning across different industries, whether it's B2B or B2C. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. And then I want to make one last shout out to Kyle happens to have a dietitian for a mother yes. and she is in, she runs this, the Chandler um, school lunch program and she's kind of well known in the field and, and well respected. <laughs> so um, we just happened to meet up one day and um, as, when we started talking, we found out that we had this common um, person that we knew. And so, okay. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, one of the things that that I think depending upon your experience level, you have more or less experience with digital marketing and using the internet to find customers. Mm -hmm. And my experience is that that's how people find anything anymore. You know, when we're, my son and I, when we are out and about and we say, well, let's get something to eat, we write restaurants near me. Yeah. Um, so tell us about some of the things that you do to, and you've worked with any restaurants? And uh, you mentioned earlier that you've done some work with a restaurant in California or something. Yeah, we just built a, a new website and uh, sort of brand identity and presence for a restaurant in a small town in California. Um, so that, that launched maybe like a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that I learned through that process, I was just a customer of Matthew Riley from Farmhouse on Main in California, Ferndale, California. I was in there dining, but I didn't. My wife and I were, were visiting this small town and we were just walking up and down Main Street and it looked like an awesome restaurant to go to. However, it was not online at all. And I asked him, he came around and introduced himself while we were dining, and then I asked him why you know, he wasn't online, and I asked him if it was you know, difficult that, to, to, generate, to generate new traffic and new customers because he didn't have like a Google presence or didn't have a website. And he said that it was really difficult and wanted to figure out how to change that. And so Tyler and I um, started working with him and got everything launched. So. So two really important thing messages there is websites are something that all businesses need to have. Yes. Um, I generally look for a website before I do much of anything. With yeah. a, you know, I, I want to look at the menu ahead of time. Yeah. I kind of want to know whether it's going to be expensive or not so I can plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they're important. But the other part of that is the importance of having that conversation and conversations with people wherever you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. networking, you know, people talk, oh, you know, the Internet's a great way of networking, but that face-to-face -face of of that interaction with you and him. Yeah, and you could do a whole podcast on networking. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, I think, if, if people don't get anything out of this other than the fact that, like, just start, just start figuring out, like, clubs that you like on campus or if there's somebody on campus, even if you're an online student or whatever that you want to meet, just reach out to them while you're in school because people have a lot more empathy for you while you're in school. It gets a lot harder when you're out of school to make those connections. You have so many resources around you that, there really aren't any excuses or reasons why you shouldn't be connecting with more people because um, that will help you throughout the course of your career, throughout the course of your life, is just being able to email them or call them and say, hey, like I started this company, would you be willing to, to do something with me? Or, hey, I wanted to bounce this idea off of you. You know, I'd love your, to hear your feedback and get together. So, um, but yeah, being willing to speak up and meet people, I think is one of the most important things that is a little bit lost in our younger generation now. Okay, yeah, I think that's really true. You know, sometimes yesterday I went to a meeting over here on, in Tempe campus, 
and it was with the geological studies in urban planning. And they just told me I had to be there because I was a program coordinator and we were doing collaborative things with them. And I'm thinking, really? What are we exactly going to collaborate with the geological something or geo geographical whatever? And so I went to the meeting because there was going to be food. And um, when I got over there, I started talking to some of the people and I suddenly, all these things came together and we all, I mean literally the one woman hugged me and said, that sounds like the best idea ever, let's do that. And it was odd, usually you don't get hugged at work. But um, <laughs> you know, it was, it, sometimes you don't think there's any, you know, there's not gonna be any commonality and then you're surprised mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, yeah. there is something that, you know, and it doesn't, it, network doesn't, doesn't need, mean that you're trying to get something from them. No. It could be that you're, it's a collaborative, you know, synchronistic, you know, where we get together and we actually can, mm -hmm can come with something that helps both of us because obviously you're helping this business and it's helping you with your business yeah. and so it's a great well, thing even even how you know we got exactly each other it, we just established that connection and, and right off the bat this is something that we're both interested in doing yeah this podcast so absolutely yeah. yeah exactly it's only because i was i'm looking at tyler's haircut and i yeah. thought it looked really good so i wanted to talk to him about his haircut <laughs> um not like a weird kind of way, just in like not a weird, that, yeah, not uh, exactly. Well, actually, that's kind of why I actually started the I conversation. Don't have a mohawk or anything yeah, it's crazy. nothing weird. It's just a regular haircut. Um, but I, I kept looking at him, and then I started thinking, oh, he probably thinks I'm some kind of um, like stalker, creepy lady. So I better go over and start a conversation. So I mean, conversations happen all the time, and it is, and but you have to be open to that. You know, yeah. you can't be yeah. shy. You have to start conversations everywhere. Mm -hmm. My. My fan, I'm a big fan of coffee shops mm -hmm. because coffee shops are a great way to just connect with people and just yeah. and, and learn about other people. And so, all right, so tell me a little bit more about what it is you actually do. Like what is it, you, you, you design websites, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what else? Yeah, so um, we built this business off of our core strengths. So okay. my core strength being website design, development, um, and some um, kind of like light software, like web applications. So something that you might log into and uh, track things going on in your business or uh, track inventory, things like that. Um, so so that was my, my core wheelhouse and then Kyle's core wheelhouse being sales, marketing and, and having a strong network. Um, so we, we've led with that. The goal is um, to expand a little bit further and to become like a digital agency as more of like an umbrella term encapsulating all those different services. So social media marketing, um, website design and development, and we wanna push ourselves a little bit further in design right now, so that's something that we kind of have to hire for. We're kind of mm -hmm. determining what our strengths are, figuring out how to play our strengths the most, and then hiring for those other positions. Um, so. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah. and to go off of that, our day-to-day -day activities generally range from meeting with somebody, a prospective client, or just meeting with somebody in general to understand their business. Mm -hmm. um, it involves developing websites, designing websites, doing design in general, working with other freelancers to help get that work done if need be. It also involves doing a lot of content creation uh, for social media posting, for blog, uh, for blog content, um, email marketing. So we're not really pigeonholed into one marketing channel. We don't just do one. We don't just do like social media posting. We don't just do lead gen. Mm -hmm. We like to create real comprehensive marketing campaigns that help brands connect to more clients or customers. Um, and then we do that through a multi-channel marketing approach using email, using um, social media, and using website content to do that. Um, I think the only thing that we're not uh, currently in 
in and I don't think we're interested in being in is like traditional advertising yeah. like radio and TV um, it's just a whole totally different market and ball game and the, the scale is totally different and I think that those in some ways are dying channels they're probably not going to die completely but I think that there's going to be a much larger shift towards social media yeah um, and just to to add to that, there's a guy out there that some college students may have heard of. His name's Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and honestly, this is like a, a free shout out to Gary V. I listened to a lot of his podcasts early on. He operates a podcast as well, along with a whole host of other things. But he actually taught me on one of the episodes how to do Facebook lead generation. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to look into it more and I got really into it. And if I didn't do that, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So I listened to a podcast, learned, and then started teaching myself more. So thanks, Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll have to pass that on to my students about his name and He's everything. He's incredibly vulgar. Oh, oh, well. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're adults. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but nonetheless, sometimes uh, we listen to some things at my house, and I'm like, do they have to use that language yeah. constantly? Yeah. Um, but that's you know a little bit because I'm a mom more than I am, you know. But um, so one of the other things I want to talk about is, okay, so you talked about Facebook. What other social media sites do you use? What are those called? Social media like, uh, platforms. platforms exactly. Yeah. That's the right word. Platforms. Do you, do you use? I use, I mean, we use a lot of Instagram as well, Instagram stories too. And then um, I am very active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I have a big community on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm on there because it helps with a lot of different things. It helps with networking. It helps with just general content, valuable content spreading. It helps with, I mean, we just ran uh, a job posting through LinkedIn the other day to help to help us hire a graphic designer and the response we got was incredible. Mm -hmm. So it helps with, with so many different things that I find myself on that platform a lot. And you can also run advertisements on LinkedIn to help companies generate leads. So mm -hmm. um, I would say Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn are the three primary platforms that we work within. I'm gonna quote Gary Vee again, but he specifically cites Facebook and LinkedIn as two areas that he's calling an arbitrage because the engagement that you get for the cost, uh, it's just, it's not balanced and it's so um, in the business's favor, mm -hmm. so. Well, that's, that's interesting because I always hear that Facebook is dying with the younger crowd. Um, that the the kids don't, the, the kids, yeah. but, well, you know, truly the kids, the, yeah. the teenagers, are moving away from Facebook mm -hmm. and, and they always tease us because mom and dad joined and so then they left and I hear Instagram a lot more. I, and uh, I believe that to be true but I think that people with buying power um, kind of oh, in right. that like typical <laughs> like what is it like 18 to 24 or maybe up to like mid-30s and stuff it's like that market is definitely still there from my experience. Absolutely. Yeah. They still are using it. Mm -hmm. Well that's interesting to know um, you know because we you know, I, I use Facebook less and less, and I use Twitter more and more, which I mm. don't even like Twitter. Mm. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. It's just that a lot of really negative things end up on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I, I get pulled into things I really don't really care about, but now I'm suddenly caring about an issue that I didn't even know about five minutes ago. Uh, versus in Facebook, it tends to be just my friends, uh -huh. and it, it changes the dynamic. My, I end up being more, I do more foodie stuff on Twitter. Interesting. Than I do on Facebook, but and that's an interesting point that you bring up because that's that's really important to remember when you're creating advertisement or creating content, um, creating it for the platform that you intend to use for distribution. Creating something that's great on Pinterest may not be great on Facebook, mm -hmm. or something that's great on Instagram may not be great on Twitter. And it's important to create that content intentionally for the platform. 
that, that's a good point that you're you're going to think about who your audience is going to be and what, what it, line they're in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Are they in friend mode and I'm just wanting to talk to my friends and see how their babies are looking, mm-hmm. or how, how big their babies are now, yeah. or am I in work mode and I'm thinking about more LinkedIn type of thing, right. or am I in you know, I'm getting involved in things that are none of my business. Venting about politics on Venting Twitter. about politics <laughs> on Twitter. Um, probably best not to ever do that. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> So tell us a little bit about one of the things we talked about the Small Business Administration yesterday was how do you start a business and how do you protect yourself from, you know, because you guys, you said you guys are both friends. And so he said one of the things that's important is, is that you, um, you make it clear how you're going to join this business, but that you also make it clear how you will leave the business if at some point one of you decides to leave the business. Yeah, and we're still yeah. trying to figure out. Oh, you're still trying to figure that well, out? It, it, yes, and, and so, so a first piece, in, uh, like, the first thing that comes to mind, um, I believe that a business partner will be the absolute best or the absolute most fatal thing for your business. Um, I believe that a bad business partner will drag you down um, and from a lot of other business owners that I've talked to, they, they say business owners have really uh, caused them a lot of trouble. Um, but a good business partner is life-changing. My fiance is a wedding planner. She's running her own business as well. And the amount of effort that she has to put in to balance all aspects of the business versus a distributed workload between Kyle and I, it, it's night and day how the level of stress that we're able to manage because we're managing it together and doing all this together um, versus doing it on your own. So a business partner that you can trust and someone that you truly believe in, um, you know they're hardworking, you believe that they're ethically strong. Um, those are, I, I, I would say that that's the best thing you can do for your business if you know that person, if that person's in your life. Um, now we went through LegalZoom, set up an LLC, <laughs> and that was incredibly helpful because there's so many things to all of what you just said, like how you formed your business and how to plan to leave it if, if one person needs to. Um, and all of that was actually covered in our yep. articles of organization that they like generated for us, mm-hmm. and it all looked, uh, you know, pleasing enough. So we just kind of <laughs> signed it and moved on. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if this was something that you're going into, that someone that already has like a lot of assets, and maybe there'd be a different conversation. This is our first business together, and we, we trust each other, so we just went with the the boilerplate. Okay. Well, and, and I think yeah. as long as you have a boilerplate. Um, you know, and things like, well, what if was one of you was to become incapacitated and not able to work, or you know, you know, yeah. d- does your fiance or wife get the business? You know, right. and w- how would you want to handle that? All that stuff has to be hammered out a little bit because you never know what's going to going to happen to you in life. It's hammered out, but I don't think either of us could tell you exactly. What <laughs> no, it's like out honestly, to. I mean, I I I'm playing the odds right now for not like getting hit by the light rail or like the bus or something. <laughs> I'm just hoping that I don't because, yeah, I mean. To kind of go off a little bit of what Tyler said, the most important part to start with is finding the right business partner. Um, forget about the rest of it. It's about who you're going to do it with or if you're going to do it by yourself. Um, the, the reason I think it works for Tyler and I so much is the level of respect we have for each other in the fields that we're, that we're in and understanding kind of what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and also just like we kind of have defined roles in, the, in our organization and it just, it just works. Um, because we know each other really well and we have a lot of respect for each other mm-hmm. um, and we couldn't do this business I think without each other without the certain skill sets that we both bring to the table mm-hmm. um, because there's just there's a, there's there's certain types of business we can't we couldn't go off we couldn't go after if we didn't have certain skill sets so to, um, to add to that I think either of us uh, and I, I can say with almost 100% confidence that either of us could have done a freelance thing by ourselves 
but to grow um, as quickly and efficiently and to have the types of goals that we have right now, uh, just four or five months since we formed LLC, we're talking about things that were unimaginable to us back then. Um, and that's because of our kind of complementary um, mm -hmm. skills and, and the, the speed at which we're growing and the, the velocity of this has just been only possible together. And, and I see that you have what, one employee you have yeah. more than that, and you're, and you're hiring yeah, another. Hiring yeah. And so you're already growing. Yeah. Um, and um, so we talked a little bit about how you set up your business together. Mm -hmm. What do you think it, why do you think it is? And I, I, I do think that they, they say the millennials are more interested in being entrepreneurs. You said you've always kind of been an entrepreneur. And I was like 10 years old, dragging a cooler across the baseball games. <laughs> across the street from my house and selling them for a buck because people didn't want to walk to the concession stand. And I was just hand over fist making profit. And this is back in Michigan where there was a 10 cent can return. So I'm coming back to them in 20 minutes asking for their can back. So I've, <laughs> I've always been an entrepreneurial at heart and I tried going into more structured roles and just couldn't do it, didn't like it. Wasn't good at traditional education, but I'm, a, I'm in love with learning. So I'm, I'm always investing in learning, but yeah, those types of structured things just never fit my personality for some reason, so. Yeah, and I mean, in high school, I definitely knew I wanted to do, to run my own business someday. I was running this little eBay shop and selling just random stuff in my parents' house or stuff <laughs> with, that With they, their permission, oh, I Oh yeah, definitely with their permission, <laughs> but stuff that they would give me, and I mean, it was insane. I, we were making, I had another friend that I was doing it with at the time, and we were making, both making really good money doing this as high school kids. And then we would come, actually come down to Mill Avenue where our office is located and spend all the money we made on food and like Urban Outfitters and American Apparel. And it would, <laughs> then we would just start all over again and make money on eBay. Um, but I think one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs have is this just desire not to want to be sort of pigeonholed into like a corporate structure and they've had experience selling anything in the past. So like, like Tyler was saying with his experience and then like I was explaining with mine, there has to be, I think a lot of entrepreneurs in the service-based business like we're in, we're completely dependent on kind of who we know and other, other people. We're not selling a product, we're selling services. So your ability to, to connect with other people and to network and to have true salesmanship is really important, and I think it's good to have some of that experience. Just selling anything you can on eBay, selling can't like anything, you know. So I think that's really important. A little side hustle. Yeah. A little side hustle, and you know that really is pretty. It's always good to have a side gig. That you know that there's commercial where this one says that, and I always think about that. That that's really speaks a lot to what's this gener next generation is, is that they're much less likely to want to just go work for somebody. Although that's what I've done my whole life, and I've done. Yeah. well and comfortable with that but I've also been able to be working places where I was allowed to have a lot of creative freedom and nobody was telling me you have you know you ha this is and if I did get in a place where they weren't allowing me that latitude I moved on because I want that freedom to you know express myself through my work Absolutely. and you know some places they don't allow that and you just have to kind of move on or find a place that better fits you so because not all of our people who are in this class are going to want to start their own business no and like let me like just say right out of the gate i mean it's there is nothing wrong with going to do anything making little or as much money as you want working for somebody else mm -hmm. if that's what if that's what would make you happy if that's what you would find passion and pleasure in mm -hmm. and if that's what might get you to the next level 
then then by all means do that. I yeah. mean, there's no reason why everybody just needs to become an entrepreneur or you know every stuff doing that. Um, yeah, it's just but it's the part it's it's when people start complaining about oh like I wish I wish I made more money or they're complaining about this this and that just because they're stuck working for somebody else. Well. They can get up and do something about you can, that. You can do something it, about it. So. The other thing I always like to think about is that you don't have to be a business in your own business to be an entrepreneur either. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you work for, let's say, the school district or you work yeah. for the college, you can start your own thing. You you can have within the framework of your work, you can come up with new ideas and Absolutely. innovations and implement them in your workplace. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like my podcast. Now, this podcast that I'm just starting out doing, you know, I could have just gone very traditional route to teaching this class, but I, you know, I use that entrepreneurial spirit to do something within my class. Yes. And so I think that, that that spirit can be within an organization, just not letting the status quo, well, this is the way it's always been done, I'll just do what I'm told. And again, there's times when maybe you have to take that job. You know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those jobs where, you know, well, yeah, I'm just coming here and doing what yeah. I have to do. And there yeah. are times in our lives we have to do that. Yeah. But yeah. it's best if we can get into a job where we have a, a you know, passion and a love for what we're doing mm -hmm. and, it, and those kinds of things. Can I ask you about one other thing? Um, and if you guys don't know the answer, we'll just edit this out. Um, is I've been reading about data analytics. Data and, analytics, yeah. Yes. And I'm wondering if that's something that, that you guys are, like the software that you're designing would help to develop. Like when are people coming into the restaurants? Um, what are the times? What are the check? Um, the prices on the checks you know one of the things in restaurants that we care about is is that we want each person to spend a lot of money mm -hmm. you know we don't want people coming in and buying you know a soda and leaving right. we well I mean unless that's what your, your business is but mm -hmm. and so is that something that you see growing or is that an, an interest of yours so I had this internship when I was in, in uh, at Biola University it was a it was using um, Really, the whole point of the internship was to analyze the future of the higher education landscape, specifically within Christian universities. So we would work with data sets and use programs like Tableau. Tableau is a, is a data analytics um, kind of modeling type of platform where you plug in spreadsheets and then you're able to kind of design the data and visualize it the way that actually makes sense. And so you, you start with a set of questions, right? Like, what does enrollment look like in, over the next 10 years and what majors are projected to grow? And then you find the data, historic data to help back that up and then you figure out a way to visualize that in an application like Tableau that actually is helpful in answering those questions um, and pinpointing maybe things that are overlooked within the data. Um, and I think that the more that data is accessible and you know, restaurants have systems where you can export a lot of data, right? And then it's it's about it's not so much about just having all this data. It's about what well, what questions are you are you asking, and what are you trying to answer with this data? Mm -hmm. Having so much data is useless if you're not asking the right questions. And I think it's going to be, um, I think it's definitely going to be a segment of the workforce that's going to grow. I think universities will will offer more majors in data analytics. I know ASU probably already has one. They do. They have yeah. a, a a minor in it. And then I also know that there's a new uh, kind of an odd college concept where you just go for one year and you just study this and you don't have to pay anything until you graduate and then you have to pay 15% of your income for three years if you're making more than $50,000 a year. Mm. It's a very odd, mm. um, but it's, but I, I think it's one of, and you know, I, I'm not recommending this to anyone because I have no idea how legitimate this is, but I love the idea of moving away from a very traditional way mm. 
that people get the information. Yeah. Even if you do get a college degree, the reality is this, and Dr. Crow talks about this a lot, that the job that you have now in 10 years won't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't evolve with it, you're going to, you know, people want to say, oh, but oh, computers are taking our jobs. Okay, well then what can you do that a computer can't do? You know, you've got to keep your skills current. And so for people who are already in the workforce, you can't get lazy and say, oh, yep, I know how to code. You know, you, you obviously, right, yeah. you do continuing education. Yeah. And you say, oh, well, I've yeah. got a degree in marketing. I don't actually need to learn anything else. And so I think from both of you, I've heard this idea of continuing to learn yeah. as part of your... I would say that it is an invaluable skill and someone that we're looking to to hire like in this position we're looking for someone that's just hungry for learning um, and hungry because that's that's what pushes a business forward um, and that and some specialization that we're hiring for I, I, I can't uh, expect myself or Kyle to help push us forward in that specific area we need someone that's really hungry to continue to grow and I would say that from my perspective and uh, this may be a little bit biased because I don't have a degree but I would say specifically that having a degree is a wonderful achievement that it's invaluable but what else after that it's now what core skills can you say that you have and market yourself in the workplace and I believe that that's where um, you set yourself apart uh, specifically graduating from college it's like tell me what you can do and tell me uh, if, if possible specific exa examples where you've actually done that um, I'm a much more in my industry uh, web design development is much more portfolio based mm -hmm. I mean I treat it like like welding like trade skill like if you can do it and show me that then I believe you're qualified for this job and any other qualifications are just kind of uh, bonuses so I, that's kind of how I look at a degree it's like go get your degree study learn and learn how to learn but then come with some core skills that you can market yourself with yeah we're in the midst of hiring a web slash graphic designer right now and um, I've always been one on resumes to look at education. I haven't looked at that once on any of these resumes. What I have gone to are these artists and these creatives, either their websites or their Behance or their portfolio, like whatever por type of portfolio that they're using, that's the first thing we go to yeah. before even pulling the, the resume up. Because yeah. we want to make sure that, that the type of the work examples that they've done or their work history is up to a standard that is is respectable in the workplace and that would fit culturally with us too. Um, so it's not so much looking at kind of the raw education history they've had versus versus actual work history So and the type of work that they're creating. Um, so I think for university students, um, I, you know, I was able to pursue a lot of part-time slash internship work. I think that, that really kind of helped me be able to speak in interviews after college to what I could accomplish and what I've done and how I could help a company um, and what kind of differentiates me from everybody else applying because I've had some work experience so I would definitely recommend pursuing that type of work. In, in the food business I will yeah. tell you the degree doesn't mean a lot. Um, mm. Now this is the problem though. Sometimes if you work in a big organization like let's say you want to go work for um, you're going to be a chef in a small restaurant or a small you know group if that's owned by a bigger conglomerate of some kind, mm. then a lot of times if you want to get promoted, you'll get to a certain point and your abilities yes. in the kitchen get you a long way. And then at some point they say, oh, you have to have a master's degree for this 
this, or you have to yeah. have a bachelor's. Especially I mean, moving into leadership, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you move into management, into leadership, I mean, obviously in your own business, you get to set the rules any way you want to, but if you go to work in another business, it can sometimes, it, you can hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times then, students do decide to come back to school. They, maybe they got a, a two-year degree in culinary arts, and now they come back and they finish their degree, mm -hmm. a bachelor's degree, because that's been holding them up. Mm -hmm. But I think you're very right, is that a, a college degree anymore is like having a high school education. In many places, it is the it is the, what gets you in the door, mm -hmm. but it is not going to get you the job. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have a skill, mm -hmm. and you have to be able to demonstrate that I know how to do this. I can get it done. I don't just, you know, I don't just, I'm not good at books learning. I'm good at, I can actually yeah. get in there and get the job done. And I think in restaurant business, that's huge because it isn't something that you can do from your office. You have to do it. It's not menu planning and nutrient analysis. That's not what you do all day. And, and so I think that's a really important message to send. And you can just continue to evolve and grow and, yep. and yeah. strengthen your skills. And you can't just sit there and say, okay, yep, I, I did everything I had to do. You know, and I think sometimes we go into college, students go into college thinking, and when I finish college, I'll know everything I need to know. And I've heard students say the opposite. Was, I'm, you know, I finished college, but I don't know anything. <laughs> okay, you do know a lot. You don't know everything, though, and I think that's the important thing is you still have so much to learn. I learn every day something yeah. new, and, you know, you should strive for that. But, Well, thank you guys so much. If you, do you have one last piece of advice or information that you would want to share with our students about either marketing or just, like, getting a business going or anything like that that you'd want to share? Uh, a, a piece of advice that I give commonly to people that are trying to break into an industry is uh, find a small organization that creates very um, few layers between you and the position that you'd like to be in, so that you're gonna get a lot of direct mentorship from someone that's doing the job that you wanna do. If you wanna get into marketing, go to a small organization where the marketing director might have an opportunity two times a week to sit down with you and talk to you about how you can get to where they are. Um, small businesses have a really cool opportunity to mentor um, young people, and uh, it's a really, really great value exchange because you'll learn a lot and they don't have to pay you much, and they're a small business, and that's probably ideal for them. Um, so that'd be my recommendation is, is go somewhere where you can get uh, information from an expert and uh, that, that I think that sets you forward really, really quick, two, three years That's really online. great advice. I like mm -hmm. that because one of the things I always used to say to the dietitians is never go to a facility where you're alone. Mm -hmm. um, your first job should not be all by yourself in some small hospital. Right. You need to have a mentor. And mentoring is such an important thing to have. And so having somebody that you can look to and you can go to when you're like, I'm just not sure what to do here. And if you do end up in a place all by yourself, you're the marketing director at a small company and you're it, you need to have had these networking that you got earlier so that you have people to call and say, yeah. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. How, can you send me in the right direction? And take your own initiative and just Google training and Google uh, how to be better at this and, and continue to learn mm -hmm. consistently. Yeah, I mean, back to what you were just mentioning with the networking, that's my, that's really what I think, Tyler and I are really grateful for the opportunity that we've been given just off of finding opportunities within our own network. We haven't really had anybody like, we're not at the point now, we're still a small company, like we just started this thing in June, right? But we both were able to quit our full-time jobs during that time because we worked hard and we, we were able to help foster this network that we had um, and found real business opportunities with their network and help create solutions to their problems. So whether that mean, just means like going to events on campus, you know, becoming more friends than acquaintances with your professors, um, all of that 
uh, kind of history of you reaching out to people is invaluable. I think I think people are really, really interested and willing to help other people too. So um, there's no reason to really be afraid about you know pursuing networking, and it's really not as scary as it seems. So, well, um, that's one thing I've even learned from doing this podcast is that overall, when I've called people to ask them to do these. They've been thrilled to do them. Yeah. Nobody, I'm like, I'm always like, well, it'll only take 30 minutes or so. But people are, are they want to share. They've learned they and, they, and they've learned and they want to share what they've learned to other, with other people. And so I think you're right. Don't be, don't be shy to call and ask, you know, make sure that you're, you're going to provide something, in, you know, yeah. or that you're going to pass it on to somebody else. You know, once you get the information, be willing and open to share it with others as well. Yeah. So anyways, well, thank you so much. And, and this is Motion Tactic and Kyle and Tyler. So thanks so much. Thank you, Kathy.